everyone. Welcome to Together Church's online experience. I am so thrilled that you're with us today. Hey, listen, if this is your first time watching, listening, being with us, why don't you do me a favor and send me a message and let me know where you are watching with us uh, from. And if you have any prayer requests, anything you want to celebrate, you want to uh, better connect with us, send us a message and let us know how we can better connect with you. Finally, if you want to help support what we are doing here at Together Church, you could go to mytogetherchurch.com. There's a giving portal where you can give and to help further what we are doing here in our community, but what we are also doing around the world through our online experience. All right, so we have been in the book of Acts literally forever, uh, since June, June 5th, matter of fact. Uh, I had this wild hair. It was Pentecost Sunday, and I wanted to talk about Pentecost. And, and from then, we stayed in the book of Acts. And last week, we started Acts chapter 15. And this week, we are going to do another part uh, with chapter 15. And I am excited about it. <clears throat> so last week, we talked about how the Pharisees, the Jewish converts, um, they told Paul and Barnabas that they needed to circumcise and command that the Gentile Christians uh, observe the uh, ordinances or the, the traditions of the Jewish faith. And this caused conflict within the body of Christ. So Paul and Barnabas, Peter, James, all of them were in Jerusalem and they hashed out what needed to happen. Okay, and that's conflict. And guess what? We are going to talk about conflict again today because that went from a, uh, a group, um, a big conflict, and now this week we're going to talk about personal conflict. And I know, I know, you're excited to hear about how we deal with conflict in a Christ-like manner. And listen, conflict, it's not good. And conflict isn't bad. I feel like through this journey in the book of Acts, we've talked a lot about conflict. It's like every chapter we're talking about some type of conflict, whether it's conflict in the church, whether it's conflict that's coming against the church, or whether it's conflict with non-believers and believers. It's like the book of Acts is the book of Acts, we say that it's the Acts of the Holy Spirit, right? Your Bible, if you open it, most Bible says it's the Acts of the Apostles, but I think that when we look at it, it's really the Acts of the Holy Spirit. More so, it's the Acts of the Holy Spirit in conflict, right? Come on, somebody. And I know that we don't like talking about conflict, because conflict makes us feel uneasy. Conflict makes us nervous. Conflict makes us anxious and we don't like it right but i want i want you to i want you to get this idea conflict is neither good and it's neither bad it's just conflict and it's what we make of it okay so let's go to acts chapter 15 verse 36 and after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us return and visit the brothers in every city where we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are. 
Now Barnabas wanted to take with them John called Mark. But Paul thought best not to take him with them, one who had drawn from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. And there arose a sharp disagreement. So they were separated from each other. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and departed, having been commanded by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. All right, that's right. The dynamic duo, right? The two men who've been paving the way with the church to the Gentiles, they split, right? That, that they get into such a sharp argument about who needs to come on this journey with them that they argue about it and they decide that it's best to part ways and to go their separate ways. Now, John Mark was with them at some point, but he didn't go the whole way. He, he, went, he started the journey with them. He went back home and he didn't go in this, the, the mission with them. So Paul is here. Um, he just doesn't think it's right. He doesn't think that this is a good idea. Maybe he has this idea that John Mark will abandon them again. Maybe he has this idea that maybe Mark is a little too immature and he won't be able to do what is needed because Paul is very focused, right? He has a mission. He has a calling. He knows what he needs to do. And he doesn't want to carry around any dead weight, right? So, but, but let's look at Barnabas. We know what type of man Barnabas is because let's, let's remember something, right? Barnabas means encourager. And that's not just his name, but that's his calling. Do you remember? Do you remember a young Saul? The Jews wanted him dead. The Christians didn't trust him. But there was one man who said, you know what? I believe in this man. I believe that God is doing a work in Saul and he needs the right people around him saying the right things, encouraging him in the strength of the Lord. And Barnabas says, if no one else wants anything to do with him, I will. So, so Barnabas has this way of, of attaching himself to people with potential, but, but needs someone that can help get that potential out of them, right? That's kind of how Barnabas is. And, and this is where we see the conflict. Barnabas says, no, it's probably best that he comes with us so he can learn, so he can be discipled, so we can mold him into the type of man he needs to be. And then Paul is here saying, no, we got to stay focused. We don't need this dead weight. We don't need someone who's going to abandon us. We need people who will put their hand to the plow and get to work. And they said, That's, this isn't going to work. And they split. So let's look at this conflict between them. What, what can we learn? I think when we're talking about conflict, and if you're writing notes, write notes. Uh, if you're driving, you know, maybe not take notes right now. Make mental notes, right? I want you to write this down. Number one, there will be conflict. There's going to be conflict. Conflict is a guarantee in life. Not if we get in conflict, but when. 
And conflict, I think the conflict we like to run from most is from the people that are closest from us. When we allow people to see who we really are, when we allow people close to us, when we start to see how people closest to us truly are in themselves, they'll have opportunities of conflict in those moments, right? And conflict, once again, is neither good nor bad. But when we open up and we're vulnerable to people, we have to understand that there will be conflict. How do we deal with this conflict? If we know there's going to be conflict, how do we deal with it? Good question. You're writing notes? I know we just did a number one. We're going to another number one. How do we deal with conflict? Number one, we have to expect it. We have to realize that living open and honest with people in our community will produce moments of conflict. And listen, that's okay. Our troubles come when we try to hide from that reality. We act like that conflict isn't going to happen. We act like just because we get saved, we won't have any conflict anymore. Right? Once we marry the right person... There won't be conflict. If, if I raise my children the right way, we won't have conflict with them. I won't open myself up to anyone, so I won't have conflict. I will be a yes person to avoid conflict. And when we have this mindset, it sets us up for hurt. The first thing you have to understand about conflict is there will be conflict. Expect conflict in your life. There's never a moment, there's never a situation, there's never a relationship, there's never anything in your life that you'll go through that will be conflict-free. No, there will be conflict. And once again, keep in your mind, conflict is neither good nor it's bad. It's just conflict. Okay? So uh, after we expect it, and, and this isn't being, listen, I, I, I know that I say expect it, but I don't want you to think of it in a way of like being cynical, right? That just because I make a new friend doesn't mean we're going to be jumping in and having conflict all the time, right? Just because I start a new job doesn't mean there's going to be conflict. What I have to understand is there will be moments when conflict arises and I don't need to be surprised about it. Okay. All right. So once we expect conflict, the second thing to do, and this is the hardest, right? We have to face it. We can't act like, um, can't like it's, we can't act like it's not there. Conflict ignored is conflict that's building, right? Conflict that we ignore is conflict that is going to come back at us worse. And we would rather... We'd rather ignore every bit of conflict around us than we would to actually face it, right? And there's two ways that we avoid conflict. We try to avoid conflict, right? It's the old flight and fight method. That's right. Both of those are, uh, both of those are avoiding conflict. Number one, flight. We would rather run from conflict than face it. We would rather uh, act like that conflict isn't there, right? Our, our, our result or our, excuse me, our um, response is to get away from it. If someone says something that upsets us, we would rather change the subject than confront that moment. 
if we know that we have a very difficult conversation we need to have with someone, we would much rather stay completely clear of that person so we don't have to have that conversation with them. That doesn't mean the conflict is gone. That means the conflict is building, right? Come on, someone. So we have to face it. We have to understand that we cannot run from conflict. It's never going away, right? So we can't run from it. We have to face it. And the second one here, you try to run from it, flight, right? The second one is fight. And you would think fight is how we go into it and face it, but, but it's not, right? Because we have this idea that if we go in name-calling, pointing fingers, putting the blame on them, that they realize that the conflict is not with me and them, right? That the conflict is all them. They're the one, and we are ignoring. We are avoiding our part of the conflict. And that's not right. We can't go into it trying to fight our way through and trying to fight the other person into submission that they're the problem. Because when we, we deal with conflict, conflict involves more than one party. That the conflict isn't just the other person or persons, the conflict is also with me. So when I try to fight, what I'm trying to do is avoid adding my part of the conflict in there, right? So we try to do the fight or flight method of avoiding the conflict. Listen, what does James say about this? James chapter 4, verse 1. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? What causes conflict among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war with you? That conflict isn't always me and them. Conflict is happening in me and I'm projecting it on other people. Okay? And when we choose to fight, we choose to put the blame on someone else. But if we want to deal with conflict in a Christ-like way, in a Christian way, we have to understand that it deals with us. And when we face conflict, I want you to write this down. When we face conflict, we address the conflict and the root of it. This is why the fight uh, avoidance isn't good. Because what we have to do is go, hey, listen, this isn't personal to you. This isn't personal to me. The issue in conflict is, is what causing the conflict. What is the issue that you and I need to deal with? And we can't be that type of person who puts all the blame on someone else. And I want to say this too. Because there are some who want to put the blame on themselves when themselves isn't always the issue. Hear me out now. You don't need to be that type of person where, where it's got to be my fault. I know I did something wrong. It's me. Listen, look at the issue. Pray about the issue. See what the issue is and go, listen, there's conflict between us. And how do we deal with that issue? Okay, the root of conflict between Paul and Barnabas wasn't really either of them, right? And I wouldn't even say that it had much to do with Mark either. The issue, the conflict had to do with, maybe we could look and say who was steering the ship of this relationship. Or we could say that, um, that, that both of these men had a vision of what they wanted to see, but couldn't come together at the right time to do it. 
And we have to face conflict, y'all. They, in this moment, maybe this was something growing that neither one of them wanted to address, and now it came to a head, and it was a lot worse than what it should have been. But we have got to face conflict because conflict ignored is conflict that grows. All right. What do you mean? Our emotions get higher, right? The anger, the frustration, we ruminate. That's a fun word. Say it. Ruminate. Ruminate. Do that, do, do that long you ruminate, right? We sit in our rooms and we play out that conversation that we're going to have, right? And as we argue with them, we start hearing their side of it in our mind. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Don't act like you don't know what I, you lay it, when you have an issue with your boss at work, you're laying in bed that night the night that it happens, before you have to have that talk with them, and you're sitting there going, man, I'll tell you, this is how they need to run their business. They're going to come at me with this, and then I want to go and say this. And, and, and But before you fall asleep at night, you've had a full-on fight with your boss, and they didn't even know it. Act like I'm wrong. And as we're ruminating, we're filling in blanks that aren't there. Well, they feel this way, I'm sure of it. They're going to do this, and they're doing that, and this is what's happening at work behind my back. And we start filling in all these blanks that aren't there. And we start to shift the root problem of the conflict onto the person we need to confront. Right? We take it that this is the issue. Say, let's just throw something out there. Maybe the conflict is your pay at job. You think you're worth this much, but you're getting paid this much. So you know there's going to be a moment of conflict where you need to go sit down with your boss and have a talk with him and say, listen, I am a valuable asset to this company. This is what I think, I'm, and, 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 this is what I think that I'm worth, and I think we need a plan to get me there. So the night before, you're sitting there going, I'm going to go to that boss, and I'm going to tell him my worth, and then they're going to come at me with these things that I'm not doing right, and then... And then I'm going to say, yeah, but this. And then, then all of a sudden, you're going to, they're going to say, yeah, but the economy's tight. And you're having this whole explanation. Then you're going to fill in the blanks and go, well, you know what? They probably think that I'm, I'm not worth it. Or, 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 or you lay there and you go, you know what? They're probably, they probably want to fire me. They probably want to get rid of me. They don't like me. They like so-and-so more than me. That's why they probably make more. Y'all know exactly what I'm saying because this is hitting home with a lot of y'all. Same thing with spouses, same things with children, same thing with your coworkers, same things with people you look up to in life. These are the same conversations you lay in bed at night and have with them and they don't even know it. Because you ignore conflict, you push it away from you. <laughs> Come on, someone. You push it away from you and all of a sudden, all that conflict that you need to have out in the open with someone else, you're having within your own mind. And it's getting worse and getting worse and getting worse. And I don't know about you. Listen, I've been in uh, moments of conflict with people. I like to call it intense moments of fellowship, right? Right. Let's just call it what it is. Intense moments of fellowship. And I remember one time I was, it was a boss I worked for before. Me and them, we got to a little intense moment of fellowship because uh, we didn't see right. We didn't see exactly the same way. And um, 
I remember I was fighting mad and I, I started calling my friends because, you know, we have those friends that we like to process things through. And I'm calling them. And they're talking me through it. And I'm mad and I'm getting angry. And then I'm laying in bed at night. I'm like, I can't believe. And I'm going on. And then Monday comes around and I see this boss. And we're like, hey, we can just do this, 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 and everything's fine. It's like, oh, oh um, you ruined my whole weekend. <laughs> and they didn't even know it because they didn't ruin my weekend. I ruined my weekend from ruminating and filling blanks in. And it was such an easy solution once that moment had to be addressed again. Oh, come on. This is hitting home, ain't it? Y'all are sitting there laughing along with me. Y'all are shaking your head. The amens are so loud. I can literally hear them. Okay? Um, so, we, uh, um, what do we say at first? We, we understand that it's going to happen, right? And then the second thing is we face it. The third thing we have to do is we have to love through it. All right? When we face conflict, we have to love above anything else. Luke chapter 10, verse 27. And he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to them, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. All right, someone, listen, um, that, that when we are preparing for conflict, we have to have this mindset. Write this down. Through this conflict, how do I bring glory to God and love this person? I'm going to give you a minute to turn this podcast back on, to turn this YouTube channel back on, that when we are going to face conflict, we pause, we pray, and say, God, how can you receive glory in this moment? And how can I love the person that I need to address this with? What I'm about to say needs to bring glory to God. And I need to choose my words wisely. What I'm about to say needs to be said from love for this person. When we go into conflict, understanding that conflict can, that in this moment of conflict, we could still bring glory to God. And we need to have the mindset that we need to love this person. Okay. And this will help, right? My love for my boss, my love for my friend, my love for my coworker, my love for my baby daddy, my love for my ex-wife. Come on, let's go, let's go. My love for my parole officer, my love for fill in that blank. Oh, I know I listed... I listed three or four people, five people, six people, and you may not even have friends, seven people that you would say, I do not love. I'm glad you said that. You said, you know what? 
I don't have any friends. My boss is my enemy. My coworker is my enemy. My baby daddy is my enemy. My ex-wife is my enemy. My patrol, my patrol officer, my pa- parole officer. Spit it out. They're all my enemies. I am glad you said that. Matthew chapter 5, verse 43. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. That's easy, right? I can hate my baby daddy. I can hate my, my ex-wife. I can hate my parole officer. I, I can hate all these people. But Jesus says to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Why? So that you may be sons of the Father who is in heaven. For he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends the rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You, therefore, must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Listen, when you're going into conflict, say, God, how can I bring you glory? How can the way that I act, the way that I talk, the way that I treat this person bring glory to your name? I am an example of Christ, whether I'm in conflict or out of conflict, that that, that my position with, with what I'm going through has nothing to do with my relationship with Jesus, that I need to represent him in good times and bad times, and that the person across from me, I need to have the mindset, I need to go in there and go, how do I show them love through this moment of conflict that I know that what is going to be said may not be easy, but if I say it in love, I will choose my words correctly. I will choose my tone correctly because their soul is far more important than my feelings. So number four, embrace conflict. When you embrace it, what you're doing is understanding that conflict has to happen. There is something that has to be dealt with It may be painful, it may be difficult, but it has to be done. And listen, there are blessings when you embrace conflict. Proverbs 27 verse 5, better is open rebuke than hidden love. Faithful are the wounds of the friend but abundant are the kisses of an enemy. One who is full loathes honey, but one who is hungry, everything bitter is sweet. Like a bird who strays from its nest is a man who strays from his home. Oil and perfume make the heart glad, and the sweetness of a friend comes from his earnest counsel. Better is open rebuke. Better is a moment of conflict with a loved one, with a friend, with someone I trust, than all of the um, compliments and sincerity of an enemy. That we need to have people in our lives who will 
address conflict with us, right? Come on, somebody. The sweetness of a friend's come from earnest that our true friends are ones who will have these moments of conflict with us. And it's sweet moments because conflict has to happen. And when we embrace conflict, it'll bring the good out of us. All right, so uh, we have to expect it. Uh, we have to face it. We have to love through it. We have to embrace it. And then number five, we have to trust God. Now, I, let, let's, let's back up from this Paul and Barnabas story and look at it from a different point of view for a moment. Yes, they're in conflict. Yes, this, is, this looks terrible, right? That the two of the greatest men uh, to ever be Christians are separating. They're going their separate ways. Two men who were close, closer than brothers, right? They, they were living as brothers. Everywhere they went, they, they went together. Everything they went through, they went through together. And this is what I find interesting. And, and I think that when they separated, I don't think... I don't think they carried hard feelings because I, I know that they knew each other's hearts. I knew that, that Barnabas, even though they argued, Barnabas knew who Paul really was. And that Paul could look into Barnabas and say, I know who you really are, Barnabas. And I don't think they actually had hard feelings. And I think they, I truly believe that in this moment, they isolated those feelings, those um, um, the feelings and, and everything that was going on. I think they isolated all of that to that moment. Listen, and this is this is a key to overcoming and getting through conflict is by isolating it to that moment at that time and not carrying it off with you, right? Let the moment of conflict focus in on the issue and leave it there. But let's look at Paul. And, and Barnabas to see what happens after they split, right? Paul takes Silas and Barnabas takes Mark with him. Now, so you have these two men of faith. They've gone through everything together. They know each other. They, 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 they're great, powerful men of God and they're going together. But look what God did. He, he calls them to go away. So you have two men who can contribute a lot and has been contributing a lot to the faith. Instead of going together, they're going separate. They're taking their mission. And even though conflict drifted them apart, the gospel has a better avenue of spreading more places because they split. Paul took Silas and he said, listen, I can train Silas and how to do this. Barnabas took Mark and said, I can train John Mark in the ways that, that I do this. And now uh, we can look and say the kingdom is better because they've split because their gifts are gone and spreading the kingdom. That, listen, when we trust God with conflict and we glorify God in, in the conflict, and we love others in the conflict, God can do more. I trust him, I glorify him, I love others, and God will take that conflict and will use it for his good, for his glory, for his kingdom, for the people around us. Separation through conflict 
I want you to write this down too. Separation through conflict must never involve lingering bitterness, resentment, or hostility. Because when we trust God with conflict, we leave it. We let it go. That when we go this moment right now is destined from God, right? We have to have this moment of conflict. And I'm going to bring glory to God. And I'm going to love the person. And then when I walk away from this, I'm going to leave the results up to God. Whether it's healing or separation or whatever it is, God can use this because I've handled it the right way. I can hand it to God and he can do something with it. When we trust God with conflict, we let it go. Now listen, there will be times in our lives where the conflict is hard and separation is inevitable. We have to separate from this person, whether it's a job or a coworker or a boss or you know, some, some, some type of person in our lives. Just because it's not now doesn't mean never again. I love this. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 12. By Sylvanus, a faithful brother as I regard him, I have written briefly to you, exhorting and declaring that this is the true grace of God. Stand firm in it. She who is at Babylon, who has likewise chosen, sends you greetings, and so does Mark, my son. Greet one another with a kiss of love. Peace to you all who are in Christ. So, it's interesting that John Mark has been doing something to, to credit the uh, attention of Peter. Now, we're saying, well, Peter has nothing to do with this. Correct. But we're seeing that Mark is making strides in the faith, that he is now being mentioned with the apostles, with the disciples, with these great leaders of faith, and they are recognizing his importance and his... Um, what's the word, Zach? Contributions. Contributions to the kingdom. It's important. All right, let's go to Second Timothy chapter four, verse nine through eleven. Do your best to come to me soon, for Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Cretans has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Luke alone is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is very useful to me in ministry. Now we see Paul where he says, you know what? Maybe I was too hard on Mark. But, but, but that doesn't matter because God used Mark. God used Barnabas to help disciple Mark, and now he is useful to me. Just because it's not now doesn't mean it's never again. That God has a way of bringing people back into our lives and the conflict is forgotten. Conflict is inevitable. We are going to deal with conflict. Understand it. Embrace it. Love through it. Trust God. Know there's a plan. Not when, not if, but when. Conflict isn't good, it's not bad. It's just conflict. It's what you make of it. So trust God in your conflict.
Know that conflict is neither good nor bad. Conflict isn't forever. Glorify God and love people that you're in conflict with. And you will see that when you have to step into a, an intense moment of fellowship, you will know how to handle it and you won't be afraid of it. Lord, we love you and we thank you, God. And right now, God, there are hard conversations that we have to have. God, there are people in our lives that, that, that maybe we're holding bitterness towards and we refuse to address the conflict. God, maybe we're holding on to hurt feelings of people that, that we need to, um, to forgive. And forgiving them will involve conflict in that moment, Lord. But God, help us to understand that conflict is okay. We don't have to be afraid of it. We don't have to fear it. But God, when we, when we address conflict in the right spirit, with the right mind, it's for our good, for your good, and for the good of the person across the table with us. God, that we fear conflict because we don't know how to handle it. That our emotions get the best of us. That our mouths may run quicker than our brains. But God, help us to be intentional, to understand that conflict will happen, but conflict can be dealt with if we have the right spirit. So God, teach us to walk in your spirit. Teach us to talk in your spirit. Teach us to deal with conflict in your spirit. God, I thank you for what you're doing here at Together Church. We give the praise, the glory, and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, conflict. We don't like it. We run from it, right? We ignore it. We fight people through it. But conflict can be dealt with with the right spirit, with the right mind, right? And I encourage you, if there is conflict that you have to have and you need people who's going to pray with you as you go to have those difficult conversations, message us. Let us know uh, how we could pray with you to help you, that you are not doing this life alone because life is always better together.